Hi friend, welcome to Charge My Core, where we are all about navigating the journey of self-discovery together. My name is Susie and I'm determined to change the world by having vulnerable conversations and deep connection that goes beyond a screen. I will help you uncover who you are at your core with insightful discussions, inspiring guests, and interactive challenges to get you out of your scroll and into your soul. This podcast will help you strip back who you think you should be to remember the wildly capable human you already are. Think of it as a cup of tea, a hug, and a kick in the butt all at once. So while we're striving for more, let's take a minute to slow down and charge our core. Hi, welcome back to Charge My Core. Today we have a kick in the butt episode why checking on your strong friends is not enough. There is a trigger warning for suicide. We are going to talk about a celebrity who has recently died by suicide. And this topic is my opinion, but I really want it to open a dialogue. So this past week, Chesley Kirst, former Miss USA 2019. She was a lawyer. She was an extra TV correspondent, Emmy Award nominated. She had all of these amazing accolades. She has allegedly died by suicide from jumping from her Manhattan apartment. So that is really sad, awful news. And I know that listeners of Charge My Court are all over the world. So maybe this isn't in your immediate news. Now, I know that when the these things happen in a news cycle. It can be very triggering, very overwhelming, and not everyone has the mental space to talk about it. But if you don't know, for me, suicide has been an incredibly important part of my life. And my best friend died by suicide when I was 16. My mom attempted a year later and was diagnosed with bipolar for the first time in her life. And it has really shaped my life. There's countless other people in my life, family members and friends who I know who have died by suicide. So unfortunately, it is something that I have not been able to ignore. So when I hear about tragic stories like this, I really feel as if I am moved to speak, to share, to continue the conversation. And I think it's so important that Chesley had seemingly an amazing life and career on paper, right? She is an absolutely exquisite human being and she was really going after it, right? And so I don't know Chesley personally, and I cannot speak for her family and friends. I have watched a few interviews, and most people say that there were no warning signs, right? And I think for so many people, it's really hard to understand that how you appear isn't necessarily how you feel on the inside, right? And being happy and being kind and smiling a lot and bringing good energy does not necessarily mean that that is the climate that is happening inside of your head right? And I think for some people it's confusing, especially if you yourself have not struggled with your mental health. If you haven't experienced depression or anxiety or chemical imbalances that are bigger than your personality, that are bigger than what you show to the outside world, right? If you haven't experienced it, it's really hard to understand. And you may even think these people were hiding their inner world. These people you know, were being fake and acting as if they were happy when really they weren't, right? And I can tell you that that 
is not the case because duality exists, right? You are able to be kind and to be smiley and to be bubbly and to be energetic and to also struggle deeply with your mental health, right? You can be a celebrity, you can have an amazing career, you can have an amazing life ahead of you, and you can still struggle with your mental health. Now, when we look at this in the digital lens, right, we know that after someone dies by suicide, there's a lot of rhetoric around check on your strong friends, right? And like Caroline Flack, she's a very famous presenter who died by suicide here in the UK a few years ago. And a lot of people started this hashtag be kind, right? So we start these movements that the sentiment is absolutely there, but dealing with the aftermath of someone in your life dying by suicide and dealing with the mental health epidemic that leads to so many people committing suicide, right? It is the leading cause of death for people under 40 in so many countries around the world. And I think it is absolutely tragic that we have to keep having this conversation, but I think it's an indication to us that we need to change things at a societal level, right? And so let's talk about this check on your strong friends, right? And I saw a friend repost on Instagram a quote from Marlene Francois, and I will tag the post itself in the show notes so that you can head to her profile and and support her work because these are not my words. But she said, I truly believe many don't understand what check on your friends really means. It's not, hey, hope all is well text you send out. It's not liking or commenting on their social posts. It's unfiltered, raw, vulnerable conversations you have with each other and then following up. She continues, it's pulling up to just sit in silence with them. It's pulling up to cry with them. It's pulling up to laugh with them. It's helping them make their first therapy appointment. It's being gentle even when they disclose they're ready to give it all up. And I think those words from Marlene Francois are so beautiful and poignant because it's so true. It's not just about checking in on your friends, right? And I think it's so important that checking in on your friends is important. It is valuable, right? It is amazing to see how people really are in your life. But what is more valuable is for us to normalize vulnerable conversations throughout all of our intimate relationships and throughout all of our relationships, right? And I think that this is where we have to redefine what proactive mental health support is, right? What making it a normal part of everyday life to talk about our feelings, to talk about our current mental state, to talk about what's really going on instead of having these weird societal norms of small talk and, you know, putting on your best face to be professional or to be you know, to not seem like too much. And this is where I think being neurodivergent is that a lot of people who have ADHD or autism, we don't understand this, like not wanting to share anything about, you know, and and sometimes that leads to oversharing. But I do believe that that is one of the true gifts of being neurodivergent is saying, wait a second, why are we all acting? Why are we all playing pretend that we have to show up in this certain way when we can see that so many members of our society are dying because they cannot express their vulnerability. They cannot verbalize their inside world to the outside world, right? They only have that persona that other people see and they're not allowed or they think they're not allowed to break three of that 
or they feel too much stigma. They feel too much self-stigma, right? Because it's one thing for us to say, yeah, mental health awareness is important. Yeah, you can get medicine. You can go to therapy. I believe in those things, but not me. I'm going to figure it out. I, I'm I'm good. I'm a strong woman. I got it all handled. I do all of the things, right? And so we make exceptions for ourselves. Then really, we aren't able to be vulnerable and to have those conversations because there are so many stigmas at play, both our own stigma and society at large, right? And so I absolutely do not have all the answers when it comes to the best way to handle this, but I know from being the strong friend, from having many people in my life who look to me for advice, support, inspiration, and going through the imposter syndrome of having bouts of depression, of having times where I couldn't keep it all together, and it felt easier for me to smile and to give my joy to the world, right? And I made a post about this recently on social media and the beginning line was, you look so happy because this is something that people have said to me my entire life, right? I have a really big smile. I nervously smile and it is something that no matter what's really going on in my life to the outside world, I look happy, right? And when all of these reporters and all of these people are talking about the tragic loss of Chesley, that's what they're saying is that she was so happy. And even people closest to her are saying she was really happy. She was really bubbly. She really did see the best in people and she was a really caring person. And I think that this is really, really important for us to distinguish that you can have both, that you can be this really happy, bubbly person, and that can be genuine. And you can actually want to give that to other people, but your internal experience can be so different than that. And I would argue that maybe why you are trying to give it back to the world, because that's what you are craving. And obviously this is something that is very new in the news. So there is not like a huge investigation into maybe there's things that people did miss, or maybe she has journals, or maybe there's there's places where there could be more clues as to what happened. But I think what is so hard about losing someone, someone dying by suicide, is that we all instantly question, you know, were there signs? Is there something more we could have done? And it is a really hard thing to sit with, especially if that person is really close to you. The guilt of losing someone who dies by suicide is a very, very difficult part of the grief. And my heart goes out to everyone and anyone who has had this experience because it is something very unique. But I think that that is why at a fundamental level, we have to learn to have more vulnerable conversations. We have to learn how to give proactive mental health support, how to talk about the fact that just because you present one way to the world does not mean that that is what your internal experience is, that we need to normalize the fact that it very well could be your happiest friend, your strongest friend, the person who seems to have the world at their fingertips. That could be the person who is struggling the most, right? And I do not think that that needs to, to mean that, you know, we all have this pressure on ourselves to check on our friends and make sure everyone's okay because that is then putting the power in other people's hands, right? When really we need to go at zoom out and go to a societal level and figure out out how to deal with mental health in a way that we haven't before because whatever we're doing right now isn't working, right? On a macro level, 
it's not working because people are still dying by suicide every day, multiple times a day all around the world, right? And I am so passionate about the fact that it's so hard to talk about, but because people aren't talking about it, it is making situations like this arise again and again and again and making people feel as if they cannot come to others with these dark thoughts, right? So I think that that's another place for us to start is is having vulnerable conversations, is throwing away small talk and silly catch-ups that mean nothing and really just diving in head first to like, what's really hard for you right now? What's really messy in your life? What's something you think about every day that you never say out loud? I think that is such a good question. What is something you think about every day that you never say out loud? I think that might be a new Charge My Core guest interview question because it's so unique. I'm sure we all have one of those things, you know, or maybe multiple things. And I think the more that we can talk vulnerably, about mental health and then also get some actual training happening, right? I think that as a standard that we should all have people in our lives and workplaces that are certified with mental health first aid, right? Have training so that we know how to talk about suicide, how to deal with people who are having suicidal ideation, who are feeling suicidal. So this is not just something like, here's the hotline, Hope you figure it out, right? Because obviously it's not working. Not to say that those hotlines don't save lots of people, but I think we just need more proactive support before people get to that point. And I do believe that checking on your strong friends is good advice in theory, right? But it's become so cliche that we don't even acknowledge that we are living in a world, right? A lot Thanks to social media and the digital world, we are living in a world where what people's lives look like is so much different than what they are actually experiencing. And I believe that the only way that we can combat this is together by owning our weird, our messy, our difficult, and figuring out the people in our life who are safe spaces for this to happen, right? And that's why I think it's so important, especially if you are a mental health advocate, a wellness coach, if you have any sort of platform on social media, or even if you don't online, we all have influence in our own lives, in our bubbles, no matter how big or small they are. So if you have the urge to help people and to hold space for people, declare yourself as a safe space, but then also define what that means to you, right? And the type of people that you want to help, right? And this is why no matter where I'm at with my own mental health, I am consistently championing for people to understand how hard it is to ask for help in your life, right? Because the truth is you're probably not going to have to ask for help just once. You are going to have to learn how to ask for help multiple times throughout your life. And for many reasons, you are probably going to shy away from it, right? And so I think for me recently, I've been considering trying antidepressants. I've never tried them before. And many people in my life had had a lot of success. And for many different reasons in my life, I feel as if I'm functioning at a high place, but sometimes I feel as if I'm doing all the right things and it's still just not bringing me to that baseline where I need to be, especially in the winter. I really 
really struggle with seasonal affective disorder and the loss of sunlight. I'm very, very sensitive to sunlight and I live in England, right? And so for me, it's a bit vulnerable for me to say that on my podcast, right? Because you're coming here for self-discovery, but this is why I'm so big into self-discovery and not self-help because I am not your guru, right? I am not some person who has all the answers for you. While I do believe that I get into this mode when, when I do a solo episode and when I speak on stage and when I present to others, I believe that these words are coming straight from the heart, straight from the soul, and they have to be delivered in this way at this time. And that's why I don't really batch my podcast content because I believe in myself in delivering messages that you need to hear and that you need to hear now, right? And so I think it's so important for us to tap in to what we feel so passionately about. And reading my friend's book, Living in Tune, Liz Roberta, who was a guest a few weeks ago, if you haven't listened to her episode, I highly recommend. But it talked about the problems that you want to solve in the world and how following your intuition on that, right? And for me, mental health advocacy and normalizing proactive mental health support, right? Because so often we only deal with the problem once it's too late. We only talk about checking on your strong friends once we've already lost a strong friend. And I know that it does not help anyone to make people feel guilty for not doing enough. Those people that are close to Chesley curse, like they are feeling enough guilt. We don't need outside pressure on them, but that's where I think we need to look at it as a whole and say, okay, how do we keep losing all of these amazing people in the world, right? Celebrities, losing different people. How is this happening? And how can we change it besides from just giving this blanket advice of it's okay not to be okay and check on your strong friend? It has to go past that. And I really, really believe that this is something where mental health is so nuanced. And I love that it is becoming a topic that people discuss so much on social media. And I love that it is a topic, you know, that therapy and going to therapy and talking about your feelings and talking about your trauma, these are all things that are exploding in the digital world. And I absolutely love that. But I also think we have to remember that to make big societal change when it comes to things like people's lived experience on the their internal lived experience being so different to how they present to the world. Like that is something that we really need to put our heads together on and figure out how we can all do it differently because checking on your strong friends is not enough. And how can you help someone who you don't know needs help, right? And to me, the root of that problem is being able to identify when you need help yourself, right? Because so many of us, understand that we need people, we need community, we need friends and family support, right? And a lot of people aren't lucky to have that, right? But we also need to learn how to be our own biggest advocate. We need to learn how to check on ourselves, how to check on ourselves as much as we check Instagram. Because the truth is, is that we are not going to solve this problem just by checking on our strong friends. That's not going to stop the mental health crisis because those strong friends that we check on with just like, hey, how are things are probably going to give you the same face that they give the outside world, right? So how do we allow for people to have more vulnerable conversations? How do we allow vulnerable conversations to start? 
start before it, there's a huge issue, right? How do we ingrain that into what it means to be a friend, to be a human being living through a pandemic, living through this modern digital world? How do we make vulnerability the root of the connection and really change the way that we discuss mental health, that we discuss celebrities or anyone dying by suicide, that we can really get to the bottom of this. And I don't have all the answers, but these are the questions that I'm asking myself. This is in no disrespect to how tragic and awful losing someone to suicide is. It is absolutely awful. But I believe, especially when you're not someone who is, you know, immediately in the situation, when you can zoom out and realize I'm passionate about this, no matter who it is. This tugs on my heartstrings no matter who it is because I know what it feels like to be the strong friend. I know what it feels like to lose someone to suicide, to have someone in my life die by suicide. I also know what it's like to have someone in my life live to want to die and then to live. And having that juxtaposition in my life has shown me one small decision can change everything. And it's not just your life, right? It's a ripple effect. So I truly believe that vulnerable conversations will change the world. That not just having these surface level conversations about mental health, these memes, right? Like we talked about memes on Charge My Core Instagram and I love memes, but I think the truth is, is that we have to show our real, true, messy, awkward, complicated selves to the world in order to figure out how to get help for those, right? And showing them to the world doesn't necessarily mean posting it on Instagram for everyone to see. This can be to people in your world, right? To your family members, to your friends, to your therapist. And if you haven't listened to my episode about how I need to ask for help, but how do I do it? How do I ask for help, right? I don't know how. And so I will link that in the show notes as well. I feel so strongly about this topic and I feel like this is just a problem that I would love to have a small hand in helping to solve. And I would love to hear your feedback on this. If you are the strong friend, I see you. I feel you. Let yourself be vulnerable again and again and again, because that is how we change the world. That is how we save lives. And you never know what your vulnerability can do for someone else. So whether you're riding a wave, you're at the crest of the wave, or you're crashing down, wherever you're at right now, just keep swimming, but you don't have to do it alone. Thank you so much for listening to Charge My Core. If you vibed with this episode, take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at enthusiasm because if you connected with this episode, then I bet your friends will too. Together, we can figure out how to charge up ourselves as much as we charge our devices. Until next time, focus on less scroll and more soul.